So we've come to that part of the programme where we have a look at the Bible, and it is Palm Sunday. So we're looking at events that happened around the time during the week before Jesus's betrayal and crucifixion, because these events lead up to what we know as Easter. And the scripture we're looking at is John 12, verses 12 to 14, and it goes like this. The next day, when the large crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took palm branches and went out to meet him. They kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written. So, Pete, what are your thoughts around those events? As we approach the Easter period and celebration and read of Jesus approaching Jerusalem as he carries out his mission of the cross, I'd like to take a quick look at how we approach God today and perhaps some of the reasons why we might not. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was at school, I really didn't understand very much in my math lessons. And I went to school in the United States when I was about seven and eight years old. So I was taught the US imperial system, and it was the first real maths interaction that I remember. It made a lot of sense to me at the time, and I became really good at my 12 times tables and fractions. But when our family moved back to the UK, I had a bit of a shock with the metric system and the different ways of learning maths. I struggled on through secondary school and sixth form, scraping through with a very average score in my GCSE. I'd always wanted to work with aircraft, either as a pilot or an engineer, but I was told in my sixth form interview that I'd probably never become an engineer because of my understanding of maths was just so poor. I just didn't get it. I knew that what I was being taught was the truth and fact but I couldn't always see the relevance and the application of it in real life. My eyes or my understanding were distracted and confused by the two different systems that I'd been brought up. Thanks to God's faithfulness and plan for my life, I ended up studying aerospace engineering at college. And it wasn't until our maths tutor took me aside after each lesson for the first term or so, just to catch me up with the basics. And it was after that I really started to understand the more complex concepts. She had a way of explaining the basics that really made sense, and I could easily apply it to that higher maths that I had to pass. I'm going to look at Luke chapter 24, verse 13 and 13 to 33, and that's the story of called The Road to Emmaus, and it's uh, based on two disciples. So it's a very, very important journey, actually. We see in the scripture uh, a far more important journey than my maths journey of understanding going on between two disciples of Jesus. One's called Cleopas, the other's an unnamed disciple. And they're walking from Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus. And they're just trying to make sense of the death of Jesus and his teachings. Now, it's likely that they were brought up under the Jewish law, which is often referred to as the Old Covenant or the Law of Moses. Essentially, by keeping and following the Ten Commandments and the very specific laws that came out after them, a person was being counted as forgiven and accepted by God. It required a ritualistic and a religious approach to God. And it's, it's this upbringing and the ways of thinking that restrains their eyes as they walk and talk, so much so that they don't even recognize the risen Jesus as he walks beside them on the road. Jesus takes them right back to basics and explains the whole scriptures to them in great detail so they could finally see who Jesus is and why he had to come and die on our behalf and then be resurrected and taken up into heaven. In this time leading up to Easter, I urge you, take time to look at what might be restraining your eyes from seeing Jesus for who he really is. 
Is it your upbringing, a misunderstanding of who Jesus is, a bad experience or opinion of church perhaps, a fear of some sort, or simply that you've never had the love of God explained to you fully, starting with the basics? Whatever might be holding you back, I pray that your heart is open to walking out your life with Jesus and finding out more and discovering, perhaps rediscovering, who Jesus really is. So, Pamela, what are your thoughts on those verses? Can you imagine the scene? The people are gathered and they're cheering, they're chanting, they're exuberant. If you're struggling to imagine, do you remember the celebrations that took place after the London 2012 Games for the Olympians and Paralympian athletes? How many people came out of their homes, businesses to run alongside or to clap on the street or to cheer from the windows as the athletes bus passed by? You might be asking, why are these people cheering for Jesus? The prophet Zechariah foretold the coming of the king. He said, rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteously and victoriously, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fold of a donkey. The crowds were aware of these words from the prophet. They were aware of the healing and the signs that Jesus performed. He healed drove out demons, fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. They saw Jesus coming as a king. Why was it important to them? Israel was not the great state that it was in the time of David and Solomon. They were occupied by the Roman Empire. The great city that once stood had fallen and now was subject to the rules and laws of Rome. The crowd was cheering Jesus as they saw him as a way out of occupation a way to restore Israel to its greatness, to end the rule of the Romans. With this view, they missed the point of why Jesus had come. Even Peter, one of the closest disciples of Jesus, missed the point. Peter actually recognized that and acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah. This was a profoundly insightful moment. But shortly after, Jesus had to rebuke him as he wanted to prevent Jesus from going to the cross. Peter saw the Messiah, but did not see how important his ministry was for the world. Jesus' ministry was not about the restoration of Israel. It was the salvation of the world. It was a reconciliation of people to God. Like the Israelites, we can have our own view of God. We can have our own expectation of God or the life we will have by following Jesus. We may want a trouble-free, pain-free, sorrow-free life. However, this is not the promise that's given to us. In this world, you will have trouble. These are the words of Jesus. There's no promise that life will be smooth sailing. We have trials, tribulations, and trouble. However, I love the second part of the verse. Jesus said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He has done it. When we face trials, when we face problems or sorrow, God is with us. There are many more verses where God has promised to be there for us, and God does not change. Today, as we reflect on Jesus' triumphant entry, let us praise him for the right reason. Instead of praising for what we think he can do, let's praise him for overcoming death. Let's praise him for reconciling us. Let's praise him for our salvation. 
Of course, we're talking about Palm Sunday here. And behind that, that jubilant, triumphant entry to Jerusalem that Jesus did on Palm Sunday, there's a backdrop of turmoil and deceit. And Jesus has raised Lazarus from the death, from dead, and yet the Pharisees are plotting to kill Lazarus just because they're kind of jealous, really, of what Jesus has done and his popularity. Judas is plotting to betray Jesus at this time also. And the very next day after Palm Sunday, Jesus would turn the tables over in the, te- in the temples and disrupt this money-changing corruption that was going on all around the, the traditional uh, religion that was going on in those days. So Jesus was a figure that was going to stir things up a lot and the authorities and the religious authorities didn't like that. So, you know, behind Palm Sunday and the donkey and Jesus coming into into Jerusalem in triumph, there's all this term, all, all these things going on in the background, which we shouldn't forget. And of course, because this is Holy Week and it leads up to the cross on Good Friday. It leads up to the day that Jesus gave his life for us on the cross and ultimately to Sunday when he rose from the dead, which is the real time of celebration for Christians.